You are listening to the politicalbetting.com Polling Matters podcast. My name is Kieran Pedley. What is going on with the European election polls? That's going to be the subject of today's podcast. Um, Brits are going to the polls today to vote for their uh, potential MEPs um, for the next uh, uh, European Parliament. Of course, we don't know how long uh, they will serve, if at all. Um, Looks like they'll serve for a little bit. Um, But the polls... Uh, over here have been showing a very mixed bag, I think that's an understatement, on what the result might be. So I'm joined by fellow pollster Matt Singh to go through the numbers and look at what they might tell us. So Matt, welcome to the podcast again. Thanks, Kieran. Good to be back. So I think probably that we've both got polling out today and we'll probably focus on that most of all. But before we do, I want to give the listener a sort of range just to give them an idea of what each party uh what what state what what, what the state of each party is according to the, the plethora of polling that we have. So, for example, I think every pollster agrees that the Brexit party are in the lead, uh, anywhere from 27 to, uh, let me see, 38%. The Lib Dem range is anywhere from 12, although that's quite an old one from Servation, to um, 20 with ourselves, Ipsos Mori. Um, I should say that 12 is low. Most most pollsters seem to have them between 15 and 20. Um, Labour is anywhere between 13 points and 24. The Conservatives are anywhere between 7 and 15, which I think is yours, Matt. Um, And Greens are anywhere between, we've got 4 and 12. And then UKIP and uh, Change UK are sort of in the very low single digits, so we won't necessarily focus on them too much. So in a nutshell, Matt, a very wide range. Yes, absolutely. I mean, this is um, something that, uh, I mean, there's been a lot of talk over um, past cycles about um, herding, uh, which, I mean, I'm, I'm sure everyone is familiar, listening is familiar with that term. Um, but uh, if not, it's basically the sort of uh, convergence, artificial convergence between uh, polls as, as election uh, days approach. And then you get results that are um, closer than they statistically should be. Uh, here's the complete opposite. You've got differences between polls that are far, far greater than simply um, the margins of error associated with individual polls. You have got some very, very big house effects, the systematic non-random differences between different polls. And it's really quite interesting because, um, I mean, obviously some people are polling more often than others. But um, the one thing that I've uh, that's been particularly uh, notable for me on this is uh, with YouGov, because on Westminster polling, they have typically shown numbers that are much better for the Conservatives than pretty much anybody else. And on this uh, European Parliament um, election, the, the, the series of polls they've done for that, they've been showing the Conservatives worse than everyone else. And, and the last few have all put the Tories in the single digits. Um, but, I mean, it's not um, just then. There is a huge... Uh, variety across the board as you've um, just outlined so it really is very very um, interesting yeah so you got uh, to put numbers to what matt said there have uh, brexit party 37 lib dem 19 lab 13 green 12 uh, con 7 um i mean what we probably should do is go through each each party in turn but let's before we do that let's um look at our numbers so 
We've got at Ipsos, we published our poll of the Evening Standard today. We've got the Brexit Party on 35, Lib Dem 20, Labour 15, Green 10, Conservative 9. I should, uh, full disclosure, say that you know the Lib Dems being in second place is unusual for the pollsters. So we've, we've talked about YouGov, ironically, the, I think the only other one, possibly. That I has, believe so, yes. That has the Lib Dems second, although there are some uh, other pollsters, such as Opinium and BMG, that have it virtually, um, statistically neck and neck. Um, between those two um but yourself matt you've got a slightly slightly different picture than than us which is fine but do you want to tell us to tell the listeners what your view is or what your poll says i should say yeah yeah so the um the poll that we did um was from saturday till tuesday um because of the way our field work is done it ends up being front-loaded so disproportionately towards the um the early part of the field work period uh, so obviously, if you're if you're looking at um, trends over time, it, the end date is perhaps less um, informative than than it might be. Um, but yes, during that uh, period, we like everyone else have the Brexit Party on the lead on 33%. Uh, we've actually got Labour second place on 19%. Um, the Liberal Democrats third on 16. The Tories we've got on 15, which is um, we're actually the highest on the uh, Conservative vote share. Um, and then uh, we've got the Greens on seven, which is towards the lower end, although not the lowest. Um, and then the others uh, on uh, in, in the lower single digits. Um, so it is, um, yeah, uh, we, we're going to have to wait to see yeah, I uh, suppose. how things I mean, you could tell, I don't know that this is necessarily true, but you could tell a coherent story if your field work was front-loaded a bit where, and ours ours was Monday uh, Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday. Yeah. Um, you could tell a story about how, as, we, as we're getting closer to the election, Brexit party, so almost if we treated, looked at yours versus ours, you, you could say Brexit party's gone up, Lib Dems have gone up, Labour's gone down, um, Cons have gone down. Greens have gone up. If, if you were trending yours to ours, which doesn't really make much sense, but you get what I'm saying. Like if if, um, if the time of field work was somehow important in when people are making decisions and things like that, then I suppose there is a there is a potentially at least a coherent story between one and the other, um, or it could just be that you know you're right, we're wrong, or vice versa. But like um, it, it, you know, we'll talk about <laughs> that. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about the decision making in a minute. But let's go for the parties into Brexit party. So we've both got them in the 30s. Um, uh, 33 and 35 uh you and us respectively but then as i say they're up they're as high as 38 i think with opinion yeah so what do we know about the brexit party vote well we know that certainly in the case of this election i mean in terms of who it is it looks very very similar to the um the ukip 2014 vote now obviously that is different from the uh, it's a much wider um, spread than the um, than the 2015 UKIP vote in the the, the Westminster election, um, but it, it's it's roughly the same sort of people. Obviously, all Leave voters and um, certain types of Leave voters in particular. Um, but in this particular election, they seem to be very very determined to vote. Um, so just looking at the um, the breakdown of um, the, the the people who the the, the likeliest um, group to vote. Everyone asked this in a slightly different way, but the among the the likeliest category, um, we've got uh, in our poll, we've got the um, Brexit Party 
uh, on uh, 76% uh, in the likeliest category, and that's compared to 49% across the poll as a whole. Um, obviously, people who are who, who are giving um, giving a party choice are going to be likely to vote than 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 the, the total, which includes um, non-voters. But um, I mean, that's quite a bit higher than than for other parties. Um, so they are very very motivated to vote on this occasion. Um, so obviously, the the um, decisions that people are making on turnout in terms of how to reflect that in the uh, in the final numbers are going to be important, um, but I think in most cases the the, the numbers after likelihood to vote adjustments they're, they're basically showing that among likely voters the Brexit Party is uh, doing better than among um, than among um, just everyone giving a, a voting attention. Yeah, so to, to sort of clarify, back that up on our numbers, we've got eighty seven percent of um, potential potential Brexit Party voters saying that they're certain to vote, which is compared to sixty percent of the population overall. Now that's sixty percent, I should say, likely to be significantly overstated. It's something that we see in polls a lot. Um, turnout is often overstated. You hope it's overstated equally across different demographic groups. But um, our turnout screener, in, in the absence of an, a better one, basically, is uh, just you know registered voters that are ten out of ten certain to vote. Um, it does make a difference. So if you ask anybody to, uh, to give a voting intention, no matter how committed, um, we have the Brexit Party on 29. But if when you put that filter that says, um, you know, among those certain to vote, they rise to 35. So, you know, there is a risk, I suppose, if we're, if we're going to be crit- self-critical about this, there is a risk that the Brexit Party ends up overstated. Um, but at the same time, I think everything we know about Brexit Party supporters is that they're pretty committed uh, Brexiters and pretty committed to voting. And one of the questions that we'll delve into in a bit more detail later in the podcast for the Remain parties, for want of a better phrase, is um, whether people have definitely decided who to vote for or might change their mind. And we're finding that 90% of those saying they're going to vote for the Brexit party have definitely decided um, to vote for that party, which is very different um, to some of the Remainers, uh, Remain parties. So, for example, the highest Remain party is the Lib Dems with 60% have definitely decided to vote for them. So a big, big difference. 40% of Lib Dem voters might change their mind. Um, hold that thought. But certainly the Brexit Party voters seem pretty committed to turning up and pretty committed to to their vote, um, Matt, don't they? So I suppose whether we think they're on 30 or towards 40%, we probably can be reasonably commi- uh, confident in them coming top famous last words <laughs> yes no, I, I don't think there's any um there's any disagreement about that I mean, on the ba- on the basis that they're motivated so, and committed to their particular vote right so that's that's the logic of that argument well yes and also i mean if you just think about the the politics of it i mean the way that it shapes up on the um the leave side by which i mean the 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 hard brexit side so people who are um the people who are probably not um, looking at the Conservatives or, or looked at the Conservatives and, and um, decided they're not happy with their, their Brexit position. So really, that it's between um, the Brexit Party and UKIP, which bear in mind that a few months ago, UKIP um, had had a surge. And I think in, uh, I don't have the exact figure in front of me, but they certainly gone up well into the teens. And then as soon as the Brexit Party launched, they... Um, completely uh, hollowed out the UKIP vote, and 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 UKIP is now back down to the um, to the to the low single digits. And so, in in a way, this um, high degree of uh, certainty among the 
Brexit Party supporters may simply reflect the fact that they, I mean, if if, you, if that is your view and you are um, a hard Brexiteer, that's that's basically where you put you across. Mm. Um, whereas on the Remain side, there's quite a lot of, um, I, I mean, this has been talked about a lot in terms of um, tactical voting, but if you're just simply uh, not thinking tactically, you just haven't decided which um, of those uh, parties to vote for if you're a, a Remainer, um, then, I mean, I imagine a lot of those uh, parties, there there is the potential for people to be switching around between them. And obviously some of them are going to go in, in different directions. Um, now, you can, of course, certainly looking at the, and to come back to your point about the, the changes over time, I mean, certainly a trend across the the, the polls has been that the, the Lib Dems have been uh, heading upwards, whether that sort of the 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 the, the momentum uh, cliche ends up helping them uh, pick up undecided voters, I I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, certainly there is more, uh, there are more options if you're a Remainer than if you're a, a hard Brexiteer. So in a way that um, that lower certainty may reflect that, uh, but it probably also reflects in a large part the um the very determined um nature of these um the, the supporters of the the brexit party yeah so i, I tweeted earlier about this i mean when i was trying to di- digressing um so digesting the numbers and trying to sort of think about how to position them um externally um and on this definitely decided who to vote for thing it's worth looking at the quote-unquote remain parties i know that you know labor people can for obvious reasons, not least that they seem to be at the moment committed to actually doing Brexit. Um, you know, I know that there's a debate about what, what does a Remain party mean. Um, but if we look at the parties that Remainers are typically voting for, as I mentioned, 40% of Liberal Democrats, uh, so 40% of people that might, will say they're going to vote Lib Dem in this election, say they could change their mind. 44% of Labour voters say they could change their mind. And 46% of, of Green voters say they could change their mind. So I suppose when you're looking at the polls and you're seeing this big difference between different pollsters, I mean, it's not just about this. There's house effects, there's panel biases or, or whatever, and then there's you know how they weight the data and all sorts of different things that can lead to differences in, 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 this, uh, in the numbers we're seeing. I think one of the big things to bear in mind is that the remain vote, if you like, is very much spread across different parties, yes, but also there's no one consistent vehicle for it. There is no such thing as the remain party. It's, you know, that's something I've talked about on this podcast before. I think Change UK missed a trick by not branding themselves that, but that's maybe for another day. Um, so where, for example, we have the Liberal Democrats in second, but others have Labour in second, it probably, if we actually really look and delve into the data, it probably shouldn't surprise us that there are those differences because ultimately um, people might vote, might decide quite late which Remain party or which party that, you know, as a Remainer they will vote for. And that's going to be something that's going to create a lot of volatility um, and, you know, means we have to be a bit cautious about the ordering of the parties beyond the Brexit party. But let's obviously wait and see. Yeah, I mean, so some of them are, um, are sufficiently close that... Um, I mean, we, we would be reasonably cautious about them in, in, in any uh, case, because in, in many cases, they're within each other's margins of error. So, um, I mean, in, in any case, we'd, we'd advise caution there. And then obviously, you've got all of the, the additional caveats about um, late swing, whether I mean, it, in, in, it often tends to get used as an excuse by pollsters. But in this case, there quite clearly is um, a lot of uh, changing in 
uh, votes going on, and 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 then in addition to all of the the other things, um, but also because this is a low turnout election, the people that tend to vote in it tend to be more politically engaged than the average person that would vote in the general election because general election uh, turnout would include a lot of people that vote less often. So you you then have to think about how much effect are all of these um, either tactical voting guides or maybe someone saying, oh, yeah, look, the, sharing the... I mean, I think there was one poll that had the Greens ahead of the Lib Dems. Um, and, and, and so what effect that sort of thing will have um, usually we talk about Twitter being a sort of a, a bubble, but in, in this kind of scenario, given that it's a lower turnout, more engaged election, that, that kind of thing maybe matters more. Yeah. Um, so, yes. So quite a lot of reasons why our crystal balls may be a bit uh, murkier than, than, than usual. Um, but wow. uh, Sunday will certainly not be dull. Okay. So, yeah, obviously lots of uncertainty in terms of uh, the ordering of the parties. We should. I mean, one of the things we should say before we move on is actually that just because Remain voters aren't necessarily 100% decided on who they're going to vote for doesn't mean they're not committed to voting. So one of the things that we actually see is that a, a greater proportion of Remainers in our sample um, say they're certain to vote than leavers actually um, so it's not so much you shouldn't be treated as uh, remainers being apathetic but more that there is as I said earlier not that one vehicle uh, for them to uh, sort of express their opinion through and I think it's important for journalists and members of parliament when they're dissecting these results at the end it will be very easy to treat a Farage Brexit party victory um, of you know a, a significant amount in the popular vote as a sort of indication that the country wants a no-deal Brexit, for example, or is open to that. Whereas actually what we're talking about is a low turnout election where the Brexit party might take around a third of the vote. So I think care will be needed in interpreting the results, but I guess let's wait for the results until we interpret them. Um, but finally, yeah, I, I, just to comment on that, I, I, I agree entirely. And um, even if you take the whole, I mean, what, what people have been doing with polls and no doubt will some people will do with the, the final results to, to add up um, the, the 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 votes of um, the the remain parties and the leave parties and obviously then that depends how you you classify labor but um, I mean when you do this thing I mean even any analysis of, of the result and, and 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 what it tells us about what the public are thinking um, it, it's very it's certainly been in the media and on social media uh, it's been it hasn't even been debated what this election is about. Uh, this is the uh, um, the Brexit European election, and, and many people are even talking about it as a proxy uh, second referendum. Uh, but in our poll, we actually asked people what the reason was for their vote, and half of, half of people did say it was to express a, a view on the EU or Brexit, um, but the other half didn't, which is interesting. Um, so 30% of the total... Uh, likely voters do, said they're voting for the party that they normally vote for, and 13% um, said that they they wanted to express a view on politics generally, um, and there were an interesting 4%, which was very a uh, very green 4%, said that they wanted to express a view on another issue altogether. Um, right. So when when it comes to people interpreting this result in a certain way. Yes, I mean, it, it, the temptation is certainly going to be there. But to an awful lot of people voting, uh, this is not just about Brexit, even though it may be very, uh, it, treating it that way may lead to some 
convenient narratives. Yeah. Let's finish the last few minutes on um, the potential consequences of this vote. So let's say, um, I mean, obviously we don't want, we don't know of any certainty the, the exact vote shares, but let's say the Brexit party gets a, a significant lead, wins the vote share in a, by, by a significant margin, and um, whether Labour comes second or not, it it does lose a lots lots of votes to parties like the Liberal Democrats and Greens. I mean, where do we where do we go from there? It feels like a Conservative Party leadership contest is coming. So obviously, the success or otherwise of the Brexit Party feels like it will have an impact there, quite a significant impact there. And then you know, Labour's only going to be under more pressure, isn't it, over the second referendum question if it's seen to consistently. Um, lose votes to the Liberal Democrats to the Greens and let to a lesser extent change. Yes, I mean the the, the Conservatives in a, in a way perhaps the less interesting um, um, of the two of uh, what we've traditionally thought of as the two main parties. It's just for, for, for to keep things simple. Let's let's continue to call them out on this podcast. But the the Conservatives perhaps the less interesting of the two because uh, everyone is is pretty well sure that a leadership contest. Um, is imminent and we know pretty clearly what the Conservative members think about Brexit. So, um, I mean, yes, at the margin, I think the the uh, strength of the Brexit party performance may well influence that. But I'm pretty sure that the... I, I, I don't think it would really change what the story... I think the, the, that would pretty much be the same sort of thing anyway. So, I mean, let's not forget that Labour um, is doing pretty badly as well. Not as bad as the Conservatives, it would seem, but they're they're not doing um, very, very well. And once the results are in, um, there is no doubt, to, in my mind, that the the results themselves are going to be poured over where the Labour vote went down from 2014. Was it more in Leave areas or Remain areas? Likewise, all of the polling and all of the... Um, the tables and cross breaks are going to be poured over. Um, but, I mean, there is a, um, a much more, um, uh, a much less lopsided debate within Labour about the question of the, the second referendum because of the, the fact that so many Labour seats um, voted uh, to leave, but many, you know, the, 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 the vast majority of Labour voters, even in uh, the majority, even in leave areas, um, voted to remain, but then on the other hand, again, a lot of people who have voted Labour in the past and who votes Labour may well need back if it wants to win a majority at Westminster um, had uh, voted Leave. So um, it, I think this this argument in um, Labour is not going to be resolved by the results of this election, but the what what happens uh, today and and the results of which we'll get on Sunday is certainly going to feed into that debate and 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 fire things up. Uh, I'm I'm less confident that it's actually going to resolve anything. Yeah, I mean I sort of agree. I sort of agree with that analysis on Labour. Um, the second referendum question isn't going to go away. Um, I, I find it hard to believe they go into a general election without offering some sort of public vote. Although I suspect they may be unspecific on what that means in practice. But I, I do, I do think actually the Conservative situation is worth dwelling on because, yes, you're right to say that the membership of the Conservative Party is very pro, sort of hard Brexit, relaxed about No Deal, and that sort of thing. But the Conservative Party, as a, a as the sort of governing party at the moment, granted a minority government, 
um, are going to be faced with a real problem when Theresa May does go. And again, it, right now on 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 uh, Thursday or twenty third, it seems imminent. But we've thought that before, um, because they're going to find out quite quickly, in my view, that. Theresa May is not necessarily the source of all their problems. I mean, we can talk about how she's handled Brexit badly, and I think the public opinion on that is pretty clear that she has. Um, But the reality is, whoever the next Conservative leader is, is going to have to take a choice, take a decision on whether they want um, to countenance no deal or not, and or whether they're happy to back a withdrawal agreement that presumably um, is not that different to the one that's available now. Now, I suppose there is a third path, which where the EU sort of caves into Britain's demands in the face of no deal. I mean, okay, let's leave that as uh, something that could, in theory, happen, but there's not really any sign of it. So if the Conservative Party does elect a leader, as we would imagine it would, that at the very least is prepared to, you know, to have no deal in October if necessary if not embrace it, then it's quite hard to see how the parliamentary math works for that. So, mm. um, I mean, that's a probably, again, probably an understatement, to be honest. It doesn't seem to work for that at the moment. So you're looking at general election, aren't you? Um, or unless you can find a way of crashing out against Parliament's wishes. So these are big calls that the Tory party have got to make, right? Because in theory, okay, supporters of Boris Johnson, etc. will say, okay, we can win a general election on the basis of no deal by unifying the leave vote whilst the remain vote is divided. Um, okay, that's that's plausible, I suppose. Um, but equally, they might not like the result of a general election. It might be that we end up with a, um, a minority Labour administration, which is um, either explicitly committed or forced to uh, offer a second referendum on Brexit, the Brexit question itself. And um, yeah, I mean, we could end up in, in a situation where there's a general election and a referendum not that long after it, or at least uh, within a year or so. So high stakes for the Conservative Party. And I think that there is this assumption that they move in a no deal direction under a new leader. I guess what I would say is don't ignore public opinion on that, because just because the Brexit Party wins, as I said earlier, a third of the vote, maybe in a low turnout election, does not necessarily mean that there is a sort of consensus in the country um, that a no-deal Brexit is, is the desirable outcome next. I mean, there may be an electoral coalition you can forge around that basis. I'm not saying there isn't, but it's very, very um, uncertain. So um, be careful what you wish for, maybe, if Theresa May goes. Yeah, no, I, I think I agree with all of that. The, the the point I was making was more along the lines that the, the uh, positions that various uh, runners and riders in the, the Tory leadership race um, take... I think a lot of people have very. Um, I mean, okay, there are some people who have been noted for for being, shall I say, flexible in their views. But the, m- m- many many of them are, are very um, have very firmly held views. And I mean, I think whether the party gets whether the Conservatives get five percent or twenty percent. Um, I mean, I, I think a lot of those people will have the same um, positions that they would have anyway. Uh, but I, I, I'm not suggesting that that doesn't mean it's not um, that the next few months are not um, crucial for the uh, Conservative Party. Clearly, they are, and um, possibly even existential. So uh, I, I certainly think we, we're in for an interesting um, political summer. I'm just less sure that what happens today is um, is actually going to change that many minds uh, or that many positions in relation to it. 
Well, we will wait with bated breath, not just for the result on Monday, but uh, for what happens over this uh, long, hot summer. It promises to be yet another turbulent one in uh, UK politics. Um, Matt Singh, thanks as ever for joining me. Thanks, Kieran. Always a pleasure. And uh, again, thanks to the listeners uh, for joining us. Hopefully that was helpful uh, for those of you trying to make sense of what is a complicated and, and sort of slightly... A difficult to decipher polling uh, situation. Um, we'll be back soon uh, to dissect the results and look ahead to what may be an impending Conservative Party leadership contest. Let's, let's let's wait and see. But for now, as I always say on this show, if you like what you hear, please do share us on social media. Give us a like on our Facebook page or on, on various podcast apps. Maybe give us a five-star rating on iTunes or elsewhere. It all helps uh, build our audience and share uh, the name of the podcast and what we do and that sort of thing. So it doesn't take a long time and we're very grateful for your help. But for now, enjoy the nice weather and thanks for listening.